0: Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as the park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, the park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and uh, we're in week three of our series called Cornerstone. And so I'm really glad that you came today. Uh, In this series, we've been talking about some key verses in the Bible that help, help us to have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, the true cornerstone. Because if we don't have a good understanding of these key verses, then we run the risk of having a distorted view of Christ or a misshapen view of Christ. And uh, that puts us in a lot of real spiritual danger. Now, in this series so far, we've talked about several key verses. The first key verse we talked about uh, was Galatians 2.20. And so I hope that you were here a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Galatians 2.20. Uh, last week, we talked about another key verse. Uh, that was John 10.10. How many of you are here last week when we talked about John 10.10? Put your hand up. Oh, man, awesome. I didn't scare many of you away. That's great. Uh, so John 10.10 is what we talked about last week. Now, this week... We come to our next verse in this series um you might not know this but uh, i have a brother and he is also a pastor in the houston area his name is kevin and uh, his church is up kind of near the 290 area kind of up, up that away anyway he and i were on the phone this last week and we were talking and we got to talking about when he became a christ follower a long time ago it was he was in third grade and um He, when he was in third grade, he walked down to the front of our church and he prayed a prayer with our pastor to become a a Christian, to become a Christ follower, to be saved. Um, Now, I had made that exact same commitment about a month before, and so my dad had asked my brother Kevin, "It's like, hey, like, do you want to do the same?" And so, you know, feeling a little pressure from my dad, you know, and also looking up to his big brother who he idolizes. To get that on the podcast, Kev, look up to his big brother who he idolizes. <clears throat> anyway, so he made the choice to follow suit and go down and pray that prayer with our pastor to become a Christ follower. Uh, when he was 14 years old, he went to youth camp. And it was while he was at youth camp that God touched his heart and convicted him that he was still a sinner in need of. Of saving. And what he realized in that moment was that way back in third grade, all he did was repeat some words that he really didn't mean or didn't really fully understand. Definitely got some warm fuzzies. I mean, felt close to God and felt, you know, better about himself. But he realized that he really wasn't truly a Christ follower. And that, you know, he wasn't just in need of improvement. He was in need of being transformed on the inside. And it was then that he truly became a Christ follower. It was then that he really prayed a prayer to become a Christ follower, to become saved. And eventually was rebaptized, since that was the point in which he truly believed. I want you to look at a verse uh, in the Bible. It's in Matthew chapter seven, verse 21. I want you to look at this verse. I've printed it there for you in your bulletin. So just, if you don't have a Bible, just go ahead and open up your bulletin to that point right there. In Matthew chapter seven. Now this is not our key verse for the day. Uh, This is just our starting point. Matthew seven, verse 21, the Bible. And this is Jesus talking, by the way. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, would you circle the word many? We're going to refer back to that several times. Many will say to me on that day, and that day is judgment day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, My brother was in danger of being one of these many people who will stand before God one day and say, well, Lord, I mean, I went to church all my life and uh, I did a lot of good stuff. And I was in small group and I did Christian activities. I mean, I went to Bible studies. I mean, I did all of this good stuff. I mean, the people in this verse, they performed Miracles. In his name. And yet, God was, was going to say to my brother, as well as he will say to many on that day, depart from me. I never knew you. And see, the danger of not getting hold of today's verse is that we could find ourselves in the very same position as my brother. I mean, we could go to church, we could be involved, we can go to small group, we can be in Bible studies, we can be in all these Christian activities, we could do all of this stuff, and still miss heaven by this much. But I'm telling you, because, I mean, Jesus says that there will be many on that day that will think they're getting in, But they will not make it to heaven. And honestly, I don't want anybody in this room. I don't want anybody listening on the podcast to find themselves in that position, in that situation. Because look, if you miss heaven by this much, you still miss heaven. That's a scary thought. Now, the good news about the verse that we're talking about today is that this verse gives us the irreducible truth of what it takes to be saved, what it takes to become a Christ follower. And if at any point we depart from any point in this verse, then we're not Christ followers. We're in the same boat my brother was in. But if we fully understand this verse and we let this verse get hold of us, then this verse tells us exactly what we need to do. It is the minimum of what it takes in order to become saved, in order to become a Christ follower, to know for sure, know for sure that we will go to heaven when we die. Because I don't want anybody in this room to mess out on heaven by this much. So what is that verse? Well, you've probably already looked. That verse is Romans chapter 10, Verse 9. I printed it for you in your bulletin. And so, let's look at it. The verse says this. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's all repeat that verse out loud together. Okay? Ready? Go. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Man, that is an awesome verse. So what does this verse mean for me? Well, it means two big key things. Here's the first thing it means. It means this. Number one, I really need to make Jesus my Lord. It means that I really need to make Jesus my Lord. Romans 10.9 says this. Let me read the first part of it for you. It says, that if you confess with your mouth, would you circle the word confess? We're gonna come back to it. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. I want you to underline those last three words. Underline, Jesus is Lord. It says the first thing that we have to do is confess, okay? That does not mean repeat these words, okay? That is not what that means. The word confess, and this is your fill in, the word confess means to publicly declare as in a court of law. This is actually a legal term. And if you publicly declare something in a court of law, you are confessing that you believe something to be absolutely true. Now, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about this word confess in two weeks, okay? But for now, let it just suffice to say that we are to publicly confess, publicly declare something that we believe absolutely true. And what is it that we have to believe that is absolutely true? Well, the first thing is we have to believe that Jesus is Lord. Okay, it's like, what does that mean? Okay, well, the truth is there's no hidden meanings here. I mean, it means exactly what it says. It means that you've got to be willing to make Jesus the Lord of your life, the director of your life. You've got to be willing to put him in charge of your life. See, here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you... Let him be the Lord over some of your life. It means that you make him the Lord over all of your life. I mean, to say, hey, Jesus, you know, you could be in charge and you could have some say-so in these parts of my life, but not in these parts. That's not making Jesus the Lord of your life. That's just making Jesus influential. And this verse does not say that we're supposed to confess that Jesus is influential. Let me put it to you another way. Okay? Another way of saying all this is this is that Jesus is Lord overall or He is Lord not at all. That's your feeling. Let me say it again Jesus is Lord overall or He is Lord not at all. Now, listen, let me clarify something. This does not mean that you have to be perfect, okay? You don't have to have it all together in order to become a Christ follower, all right? I mean, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to sin. I mean, for heaven's sake, I know I do, okay? But it It also doesn't mean that you have to have it all together before you become a Christ follower. No, you become a Christ follower so he can help you get it all together, okay? So what does it mean? It means this. It means, and this is your next filling. While you don't have to be perfect, you do have to be yielded. While you don't have to be perfect, you do have to be yielded. Okay? That when you become a Christ follower, you know, if you already are one, if you discover an area of your life that is not yielded over to Christ, then yield it over to him. Yield it over to the Lordship of Christ. Now, sometimes this can be a process that takes some time. Okay, I mean, there's a there's a sense in which there is a process in which all of us are on this journey of becoming more like Jesus all the time. I mean, you know. So look, I mean, if you smoke, if you have foul, if you use foul language, and um, you have anger issues, you're probably not going to have all that knocked out by Tuesday. Okay, it's probably not going to happen. Okay, it's a process. Okay, and that's perfectly fine. But you ought to be able to look back over time and see some measurable progress along that process. Now, some things that we, some, there are some things that we can do that are instantaneous, okay? Like um, this last week, a, a lady in my small group, she said to me, she's like, you remember we talked about speeding a couple of weeks ago, for those of you that were here for that? Um, uh, she, said, she said, you know what, Mike? Um, I have realized that I have to set my cruise control pretty much everywhere I go, okay? Like driving in my neighborhood, I set my cruise control on 35 because that's the only way I'm gonna be able to go 35 in my neighborhood, you know? Hey, but you know what? That is making Jesus the Lord over that part of her life instantly. And that's great. (coughs) Now, so here's what I'm saying. For you to have an era of your life where you are willingly Keeping Jesus at bay. An area of your life where you are willingly denying him control or lordship over that area of your life. Then you run a very real risk that you might not be a Christ follower. Because the Bible says that there will be many on that day many on that day that would stand before God and he would say, depart from me, I never knew you. Look, I'm talking about willfully saying, you know what, I know what God says about this, but it doesn't matter to me. I have no desire and no intention of letting God or Jesus take control over that portion of my life. Well, look, if Jesus isn't your Lord, and he's like merely your advisor and you just decide what t- you know, when and where you're gonna take his advice over what areas of your life. Well, then the truth is, is that I, you really do, according to the scriptures, run a very real risk that Jesus has never entered your life, has never become your Lord and are not, you are not really a Christ follower. Now, I mean, the Bible's clear that in order to be saved, you've got to be willing to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We are confessing something that we believe to be absolutely true, and that is that Jesus is Lord. Think about it Is Jesus the Lord over your anger? Is Jesus the Lord over your finances? Is He the Lord over your language? Is He the Lord over your drinking? Is He the Lord over your marriage and how you treat your spouse? Is He the Lord over your parenting? Is He the Lord over your eating habits? Is He the Lord over your TV, music, and movie choices? If you're single, is He the Lord over your dating choices and practices? Is He the Lord over your Bible reading habits? Is he the Lord over how you behave at work? Is he the Lord over how you treat other people? Is he the Lord over your pride? Is he the Lord over how you make decisions? Is he the Lord over your web browser? Is he the Lord of how you invite people to church? Is he the Lord over you being baptized? Are you still arguing with him about all the reasons why you don't need to do that? Is he the Lord over your church membership? Is he the Lord over your church attendance and involvement? Is he the Lord over your attitude? Is he the Lord over which sports your family is involved in? Is he the Lord over your schedule? Or do sports and kid activities just rule your life? Teenagers, is he the Lord over how you treat your parents? Adults, is he the Lord over how you treat your parents? Is he the Lord over your life? Because he is Lord over all, or he is Lord not at all. So let me ask you, what area of your life is it that you have not made Jesus your Lord I mean, are you willing this morning to make him the Lord over that part of your life? If you are, then begin the process of turning that over to him. And maybe you're sitting here and you realize, oh my goodness, I have never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I never really understood that before. I never really grasped that. I just repeated some words you know, a long time ago, got some warm fuzzies, felt good about it, but I've never made him the Lord of my life, then the chances are that you've never really become a Christ follower, and you're in the same boat my brother was in. If that's you, then make the decision to become a Christ follower today. Do not leave this room without making sure that you are a Christ follower. Look, I'm telling you, you might think, oh, I've been a Christian so long. I mean, what my friends, what my family think. I mean, they all think I'm a Christ follower. Look, I'm going to tell you what. Somebody else's opinion of you is not worth going to hell for. It's not. In fact, those people will be the happiest ones for you. And it might actually cause them to look at their own life a little bit better. And there's only good can come from that. So if that's you... Become a Christ follower. Or maybe you realize, you know what? I am a Christ follower, but I've been holding keeping Jesus at bay and I, I've been arguing about this and fighting about this. Well, then just yield. Just yield. Because part of being a Christ follower is that Jesus is Lord. We're to confess that as something that we believe to be absolutely true. That's the first part of the irreducible truth. The second part is number two. It's this. Is that I need to believe that Jesus forgives me for everything. I need to believe that Jesus forgives me for everything. Let's look at the verse again, Romans 10, 9. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, Wait a minute there, Pastor Mike. I mean, this verse says that I've got to believe that Jesus rose from the dead, but you're telling me the point is that I've got to believe that Jesus forgives me for everything. Okay, like, what's the deal? I'm glad you asked. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> why is it so important that you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Uh, seriously, why is it so important that you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Now, if you just said in your mind, well, it proves that Jesus is still alive. Well, that's right, and that's a good thing. But I need you to think a little bit deeper. Why is it so important that you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Why? Think about it. If Jesus claimed that he was the Son of God, which he did, by the way. If Jesus claims that he's the Son of God, and also claims that he could provide forgiveness of sins for the entire world, By dying on a cross and shedding his blood as a sacrifice that pays for those sins, how in the world, (laughs) excuse me, how in the world do you know for sure that that's actually true? How do you know that what Jesus claims he did on the cross is actually true and that he could actually provide forgiveness of sins and that he's not just some raving lunatic that's incredibly convincing, but at the end of the day dies just like everybody else? How do you know that what he actually says he did actually happened and that he actually forgives sin? How can you know? Rising from the dead is a good indicator, don't you think? Look, it's because when Jesus rose from the dead on his own power, that is proof positive that he has the authority and the ability and he actually did provide forgiveness for all the sins of the world on the cross. No other religious leader has ever risen from the dead. Mohammed did not rise from the dead. Buddha did not rise from the dead. Confucius did not rise from the dead. Karl Marx did not rise from the dead. Madeleine Murray O'Hare, the famous atheist who got prayer and the Bible out of our school systems, has not risen from the dead. Joseph Smith has not risen from the dead. The only person that has ever risen from the dead is Jesus Christ. The only one that's ever happened. And so when you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you're saying that you believe what Jesus claimed to do on the cross is actually true. That he provides forgiveness of sin for the entire world. And to not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to not believe that Jesus provided forgiveness of sins for the world. It is to reduce him, demote him to the status of all these other religious leaders that have died. And I don't care, and honestly, it, since none of these other religious leaders have risen from the dead, nothing, honestly, nothing that they've ever said is valid. Because at the end of the day, they died just like any other ordinary Joe. I don't care how many followers they had and still have. It makes no difference. But Jesus did rise from the dead. Three days after he was crucified, he rose from the dead, was seen by hundreds of people who gave eyewitness accounts that he, in fact, is alive and provides proof positive that the claims he made on the cross are actually true, and that he can truly provide forgiveness of sins for you and for me. So let me ask you, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to forgive you for all of your sins? Have you ever prayed a prayer to do that? There's a sample prayer in your message notes. It's the next part of the thing, of your notes there. It's a sample prayer that we use to help people truly become saved, truly become Christ followers. I'm going to read it out loud. And as I do, I want you to ask yourself, have you ever prayed a prayer like this and meant it the whole thing? Here it is. I'm just going to read it. And you just think, have you ever prayed a prayer like this and meant it the whole thing? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me even when I've ignored you and gone my own way. I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and forgive me of all my sins. Please come into my heart right now. Thank you for coming into my heart and making me a new person inside. And here's the lordship part. I pledge to put you in charge of my life every day. Amen. You no, know, perhaps you prayed a prayer asking Jesus to forgive you a long time ago, but you never made him your lord. There's a chance that you could be in the same boat as my brother. Never actually, truly, were transformed becoming a Christ follower. Maybe you just repeated some words, got some warm fuzzies, but didn't really understand it or mean it. You know, if that's you, then I want you to do what my brother did. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your life today and make him your Lord. That's the first part of what this verse says. My desire is that no one in this room, no one in this room would be standing in line on judgment day and be a part of the many that God says, you can't come in. I never knew you. I'm I'm telling you, if that's you, I'm begging you. Don't let that happen to you. Don't miss heaven by this much. Or if you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, And to come into your life to forgive you and make him the Lord of your life. If you've never done that at all, then I'm telling you, do it today. Pray this prayer right now where you sit. Because when you make Jesus your Lord and truly believe that God raised him from the dead by saying, he's provided forgiveness for the whole world, he's provided forgiveness for me. Those two factors are the irreducible truth of what it takes to become a Christ follower and gives Romans 10, 9, shapes us and helps us have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, the one true cornerstone. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And I want you to check on the card and on the notes the next step or steps you're willing to take today. Because maybe uh, you're going to take your sermon notes home, but you're going to turn this card in. We're going to pray for every single person that turns in a card. And maybe it's this first one. Honestly, I hope it is. I hope everybody does this first one. I will memorize Romans 10, 9. Honestly, you can lead someone to Christ with just this one verse. This verse has everything you need to know. Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Man, everybody ought to know that verse. Incredible verse in the Bible. Would you memorize it? How about number two? I realize today, I'm not a Christ follower. And I want to become one for the first time in my life. Maybe you're sitting here realizing, you know what? I never made it, my Lord. I only got half of it right. Well, now it's time to get it all right, just like my brother did. And if that's you, would you pray that prayer that we just read a minute ago? Make Jesus your Lord. On your way out, I want you to pick up a new believer packet. There's a a little table before you walk outside of each of these three doors. There's a little basket grab one off that basket and take it with you. It's got some free stuff in there that'll help you um, get started in this walk with Christ. And I also will, if you'll check the box, I'll mail you some free materials in the mail that'll also help you get started. But if you realize you're not a Christ follower, don't get out of here before you become one for real today. Maybe this third one. I know I'm a Christ follower. But there's an area of my life that is not fully yielded to Christ. I'm yielding to him today. Would that be you? Would that be you? Or this next one? Sign me up for the next baptism. You know, one of the big purposes of baptism is that baptism is a public confession of belief and allegiance to Christ. If you've never been baptized before, would you take that step? If you've been wrestling about, should I, should I, should I, should I, should I? I don't know if I should or if I shouldn't. Well then, check this box and we'll call you and talk to you about it. And help walk you through it and help you decide. But don't fight God about it anymore. If Jesus is your Lord, you'd wanna be baptized like he commands and just like he did, right? Or this last one. Sign me up to join Parkway Fellowship by taking class 101. This is our membership class. Maybe you've been fighting God about becoming an official member of a church. Because maybe, I don't know, maybe you just don't like that kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons people have for not doing it. But I'm telling you what, if that's you, why would you, if, if Jesus is your Lord, why would you not want to be an official member of his church, his body? Why would you not do that? So if that's you, and you're ready to join Parkway Fellowship, check that box. Take our membership class. Pastor Adam and I co-teach it together. It's a great class and you'll love it, I promise. Let me pray for you as Matt and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for Romans ten nine. I thank you that in one little verse, you've given us the irreducible truth about what it takes because you don't want us to be confused. You don't want us to be mysterious. You don't want us to be unsure You want us to know for sure where we're going to go when we die. And I pray, Lord, that you would help every single person in this room and listening on the podcast to become a Christ follower for real. And none of us would be numbered among the many who will miss heaven by just inches. Thank you for the truth of this verse. Help us to live out this process of making you Lord. And thank you for forgiving us for all we've ever done and even the things we will. And it's in the name of your son I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, Or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.